Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Austin Green. I'm Shauna Burgess. And I'm Randy Spelling. And you are listening to Oldish, an iHeartRadio podcast. Well, this is... I, I can't even begin to explain to the audience what it took for us to even set up to record uh this, this, this very first episode of of oldish we had tech come in and try and help oh, us figure it, was, it out it even they big, were like i don't know it was an done. absolute testament to the name of this this show yeah, of this oldish. podcast it was first of all thank you all so much for listening and checking us out my name is brian austin green i am shauna burgess and i'm randy spelling there he is yeah and this show is oldish and we we are here to discuss all sorts of things yeah that that people either have trouble discussing or have questions about or need some advice on. Um, that's what we are hopefully here for, as long as it's not technical advice, because we, uh, we're not the ones to we ask. We would fail yeah, in that we're, department. We're no, not, we're Randy, not. don't put yourself in that department. <laughs> right. I think you will be just fine with the uh, technical advice, especially because of your incredible background. But Brian and I have just lived a lot of life, and we like to think that we can... We have some sort of right to so, give advice to people. So how about, how about the fact that I'm the one with like, I have a recording studio, all sorts of stuff that I wire myself, and literally Sharna was the one who figured out the, uh, the wiring over here at this house because we have two microphones going. And Randy, again, as I said before, I'm absolutely jealous of the fact that you have one and you set up as easily as you did. Mm-hmm. And you look just completely I like have you easy. haven't broken a sweat I am by by the end of everything working. I was like, okay, that's the end of episode one. I'm I hope, sweating. Uh, I need a snack. Right. Maybe I some hope, ice cream. I hope, everyone, I'm not sure. <laughs> I hope everyone is good with this. Randy, I think um, I would love to start with you sharing with people about yourself and what you do because I think it's so cool that we partnered with you to do this podcast. Because, like I said, we love to think that we can give advice, but you actually do that for a living. Uh, and I think people are really going to love listening to you and what you say, because I know that we certainly do. So take it away, Randy. Tell them who you are. All right. <laughs> I'm Randy Spelling. Um, <laughs> I am a professional life coach. I've been doing this for about 15 years. 
and I didn't set out to do this at all. I didn't think that my trajectory would end up this way. I was born into a, uh, a very famous family. My father, Aaron Spelling, was a big television producer. Never produced Beverly Hills 90210, <laughs> which yeah. uh, Brian, you were on. Yeah, and that's how that's how we met. And also, my sister Tori Spelling played your girlfriend. I mean, yeah. it was Donna and David. So Randy, right? Randy, I've known since, uh, how old were you when we first started doing the show? Cause I was 17. Uh, when the pilot was shot, I was just turning 12, just turning 12 and, and Randy would come to set and he was like the, like the little brother of Tori. It was like, Oh man, Randy's here. You know? And it's like, we didn't want to curse in front of him. And it was, we were all careful of what it is we did, but Randy and I all have always gotten along from day one. We've always had a really cool, I would say brotherly kind of, of relationship, um, where we've both sort of leaned on each other. Yeah, and we have. Yeah. Yeah, I I was the closest with you out of anyone. I mean, of course, besides my sister, but uh, <laughs> out of anyone in the cast, you and I. I mean, I remember I was thirteen, and you were driving me around in summer and telling me all these stories. And my day was made. I watched nine hundred two one zero as a fan because that was when I really started watching TV. So it was very strange to. This might be a strong word, idolize, but I idolized. I mean, I really was a fan of 90210. And then hanging out with you on the side was was really cool. I always looked up to you. So now that's so that's so crazy for me to hear because I from my side, I was like, oh man, this is Aaron's son. Like this is so I it was a much bigger deal for me to be hanging out with you. And I thought honestly that you could care less about our show and about sitting with me because you had, to me, you had a much bigger life than, uh, than the one that I had or had ever experienced. And your dad was our boss. He was running the show. So I felt like, um, Oh, this little guy, you're like, you're going to grow up to be your dad. You're going to just be as powerful, if not way more than, than he is. And so I, it's crazy now to think like, oh, you watched the show when you were a fan because it's like I, I assumed you watched yeah. everything that he made. <laughs> and, well, then I played it cool. <laughs> right. You did a so great you job. Didn't know, you played it which, very Which is cool. good. But <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned that because the, I, I think that's what a lot of people thought about me. I'm sure my sister is, you know, we're, we're Aaron Spelling's children. And there was a lot of glamour and a lot of glitz growing up. Yeah. Um, and, and so there was this, this big, big lifestyle growing up in a big house and, you know, famous and all of that. So for me, I, Tori, always wanted to be an actress since five, she was acting. She always wanted to be out in front. I wanted nothing to do with it. I was shy. I was reserved. So that just what, you know, people would pinch my cheeks and go, oh, are you going to be an actor? And I said, no, I'm good. I couldn't pronounce peas. So I said, <laughs> I'm going to be a reducer like my father. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> so I, I just never wanted to go into the, I love that. <laughs> a reducer. Yeah. <laughs> so I never wanted to go into the business and then something happened and you'll appreciate this because you lived it. At age 15, 
the the show was just a mega success and we took a family vacation my dad didn't fly so we would go to vegas every year and we were in caesar's palace at the forum shops mm -hmm. and everyone's carrying around those 16 foot drinks with the straws and mm -hmm. And my my father and Tori got mobbed. There must have been two, three hundred people. And I stood and I watched and I watched other people that otherwise would never connect, never say hi to each other, never even look at each other, have this moment of connection. And there was there was something real in there, even though it was 20 seconds, 30 seconds. I watched the people give a hug or smile. And my sister and my dad were very kind. And they would walk away and the energy that they felt, I locked onto that and I said, I want that. Hmm. I didn't know at the time that I, I wanted to, you know, make an impact and connect with people, but I knew I, I could recognize what I wanted. So the hmm. only vehicle that I knew was acting. Hmm. So I said to my parents the next day, I think I want to act. So I became an actor for, for the, the purpose of connecting with people. It was, it was much more for about... the purpose of connecting with people. Yeah. Wow. Because I saw the way that they left that interaction and I wanted that. Yeah. It's amazing because hearing that now, I never, I never knew that before. Uh, but hearing that now, it makes absolute sense why now you are a life coach, why that is your passion. You, just in watching... So for people that don't know, which is I would guesses everybody because this is again this is our first episode i um i was following randy on instagram and he was always posting these really inspirational videos of just his daily life and his life with his with his daughters and at home and just really appreciating uh the world and nature and what was around him and i was so inspired and i had this random idea of I I knew at at that point in life that Sharna and I really enjoyed connecting with people and um and really hearing what what it was they were going through and sharing with them what we were going through and finding uh, a a common ground within it all and after watching probably a couple weeks of videos that you had posted I reached out to you and I had this idea I was like I because I used to do the show Loveline a lot when I was a kid, which was sort of a, it was a condensed version of this. It was much, it was on a rock. It was like a radio station uh, kind of thing. And it was Adam would, Carolla and Dr. Drew. And Dr. Drew, yeah. And I did, I did that show probably um, a dozen times just because I lived close to the, to the, the radio station. And it was, I sort of became friends with them and it was, it was a fun thing to do at the time. But I felt like that, what an interesting way of using um, podcasting in sort of opening it, opening the world up to uh, everybody really communicating and, and learning how to uh, deal with certain things in their lives. And what better a person to sort of helm that to, to me than you in watching the way you were so passionate about it. Um, and now coming into this, I, I clearly am aware of the fact that um, you and Sharna are the brains of this operation, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, more, of, I'm more of like the, uh, the comedic relief, if anything. Um, <laughs> this is not true. But 
the three of us have gone through so many things in our lives. It's so amazing to me that you are, are now living in Portland, doing what you do, and you're so passionate about it. And it's so, that's so obvious uh, to see. And, and just in speaking to you, it's so obvious to hear, and it's so obvious to feel. You carry that with you. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm blushing now. Um, well, I didn't always carry it. I mean, it, it's took me a, a, a lot to get here. It's been a long road. There's a lot to unpack about how I actually got to where I'm at doing what I'm doing and why I left that life and chose this. But we'll have to save that for another episode. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Baby, I think it's time that we share with people that don't know that are tuning in how we even came to be together, right? People know you from 90210. I'm a Dancing with the Stars dancer. How did we randomly end up in the same space? Yeah, okay. So Sharn and I have a, uh, we have a business manager in common. And business manager came to my house and uh, I made coffee and we were kind of hanging out and catching up on things that were going on. And she left my house and she sent me a text about five minutes later saying, hey, I've got another client I think you should meet, which was completely out of the blue. Because if you, if you know this woman, you know she's not that – you wouldn't ever – think that that was her mo like no, she's, she's not, not a cupid like it's no. such a weird request she's from her. she is straight business and she's really good at what it is she does 
So when when she said that to me, I was like, "That's interesting. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll I would definitely entertain that." And then she, she basically out to you did the same, same thing to me. She called me and she was like, "Listen, I have this client, and when I'm with him, I think of you, and I'm with, when I'm with you, I think of him, and I just feel like you're meant to meet." And he was doing mass dancer at the time. She's like, "Look." Just make it a coffee date. Make it about dance. You're trying to help him. You know, he's about to judge on yeah, this Yeah, it doesn't even show. need to be a date. It can be, be like you guys just go and have coffee and talk about dancing. Yeah, just see how you feel. And I was like, oh, okay. And knowing that she's got like um, a wide range of clients, I was like, oh, who is it? Would I know them? She's like, yeah, it's Brian Austin Green. And for me, I was like, oh, who's that? You know, I didn't have a recollection of his name. So I looked him up. I was like, oh, I know that guy, of course. Um, she didn't realize at that point what an amazing dancer I was. Yeah, and I had so no you know idea. she had to she had to go back through uh, through the books a little bit to realize like oh he's classically trained. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Go on, go on with your story. So we we met for that coffee date and um, that wasn't a date. Well, funnily enough, I turned up a whole day early to it, which is very unlike me <laughs> um, to turn up early to anything. She, and uh, I she, sent, she sent me a text and she was like, hey, so I'm here now. Um, I'm sitting in the back corner. I have pink, pink hair. hair. You, can't miss, you can't miss me. And then she texts me again. And she was like, hey, so I um, 11 o'clock, right? I was at work on set. I was on right. set. I hadn't even checked my my phone. I didn't know that she was texting me because I there was no we weren't supposed to be meeting until the day after. So I finally checked my phone. I'm seeing like these, you know, I'm sitting in the corner. I've got pink hair. You can't miss me. And then finally it was like. All the blue bubbles have just made no response. Just all the blue and then, bubbles. And then finally the last message from her was, oh, this was supposed to be tomorrow. Just kidding. It? It's Thursday, not Friday. <laughs> you were just excited, Shana. Yeah. I yeah. was so excited. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, I eventually turned up and this dick texts me the morning of. He's I like, so today, right? Yes, you did. <laughs> You absolutely but texted me. I did me. not say it in a dickish way. I didn't. Let's. That's. I said it in a humorous. A humorous dick way. My, okay, I'll give you that. Um, you know, just double checking. I'll give you today. that. Yeah. Um, but we had already had fun banter, so he knew I could receive a text like that and have a laugh at it. Um, and then we turned up to coffee, and like four or five hours later, we'd lost time. And we, you know, just left that coffee date knowing that we wanted to do it again and again. And we did. And we ended up dating. <laughs> we, made, we made a really big, uh, like a concerted effort, though, when we were talking those, those few times when we were sitting down. We, I mean, we were, they were like four, three, four hour conversations. They were, these were long conversations that we were having, which was one of the things that was so attractive to us about each other in the first place. The ease made, of it all. We made a real concerted effort, though, of being real in those conversations, talking about things that we weren't good at. Uh, I remember at one point we sort of challenged each other. We were like, hey, what are, what are some of your worst qualities? And mm. we would get into those conversations. That was our third date. Was it our yeah. third date? Yeah. Um, at Plata. Yeah, see, I, and I'm pretty sure I and said And those it, didn't scare you off hearing I'm, each other's I'm pretty other's sure I qualities? said at that date that I have a terrible memory, which makes sense then for you saying right now it was our third date in doing that and you i having no recollection you talked recollection a lot about your impatience I and did. that you had done a lot of work on finding patience and we talked about yeah. being in therapy and working yeah. on those things and recognizing them i talked about like my hypersensitivity which i can get um it didn't it didn't scare us off randy because we um i, I think honestly i feel like it really helped with our relationship because that 
I think that normal honeymoon period that people go through when they're first together is you are on your best behavior and you're trying to be absolutely everything that you think the other person would like all the time. But that's, that's not sustainable. And after about six months, you get to the point where it's like, I, you're, you're stressed, you're traveling, you're late for something, you're, you've gotten a call that you didn't like. And then that side of you comes out. And if you've been hiding that for six months, then it's like, oh, here, you know, now it's getting real. And so then the honeymoon period goes away because you can't, you can't wear that mask of how amazing you are. Trying to be perfect for someone for, else, you know? Yeah, it's true. Beyond six the, months. The first six months to a year is a facade. You're playing at your best. You're yeah. showing your Which best. Which is such a shame, you know? And I think that's the mistake that so many people make with dating that we didn't. Because it's not you being authentic. And then you're also not seeing the other person's authenticity or not. You know, you're just not representing yourself in an authentic way. And you're so concerned about that other person liking or accepting you that you're also missing the cues of them telling you who they are, you know. And then everyone gets to a year down the track and they're like, wait, what happened? Why is this annoying me now? Or why does this not feel good anymore? And it's like, well, the signs were there. The opportunity to know each other was there. But you were more concerned about you know, being a perfect version for someone else instead of realizing whether this was or was not compatible for you. So we didn't try and show up and be perfect. We were completely imperfect, shared the things that were difficult, shared therapy, shared, it's not shared going to therapy, but like things that we'd worked on. Um, And sort of the, the less fun, cool, sexy side of things. And somehow that ended up being the the coolest, sexiest thing we could have done, you know, to actually get to yeah. know each other on a real level and feel such a deep level of comfort in being yourself. There is nothing more sexy than feeling completely free to be you and knowing that someone sees you for that person mm. and is choosing to be there. Um, and I, I yes. love that. I love that we had that journey with each other. And it doesn't mean that we don't still have like, those frustrated moments you talk about or something stresses you out or whatever, but he knows my cues and my triggers. I know his, we can have real grown up conversations about things. You know, he was checking in with me the last two days. We'll get into this, but like about, am I doing okay because of, you know, what's going on? And instead of taking my tone or whatever, personally, just knowing me and knowing where I'm coming from with something and not feeling like it's about him. And does that make sense? Am I just rambling on? No, 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 that absolutely makes sense. (laughs) Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. I have a question for both of you. Brian, obviously, I I know some of your past relationships. Sharna, I don't know your past relationships, but you both have had past relationships. Yeah. In relationships, people tend to repeat patterns. Mm. So what I'm interested in Hmm. just to know is not so much of what were the similarities of your past relationships, but what was it about each of you that felt different in this relationship? Because we could repeat easily, but was there something that struck you as, oh, this is different? I think for me, it was the fact that um, I honestly felt, I, after my, my marriage fell apart and didn't work, I really made a concerted effort of, deciding in, in that moment that I didn't want to repeat the the mistakes that I had made before. I wanted to go to therapy. Um, I wanted to really work on, uh, on my skills as far as just communicating with people, with, uh, with listening, with being compassionate and not taking things personally, not, not all of a sudden getting defensive. If, if somebody didn't just, you know, if somebody disagreed with me, um, and for me, then sitting with Sharna and realizing that she had done the same thing. She had come from relationships that, uh, that didn't work out. And she really realized like, that she was the uh, common denominator. She was the common denominator within it all. She was, she was the common thread to all of those things. We, we both were at a place in our lives where... Um, Taking accountability instead of putting it on other people. And we were, right? and we were good. I was, I was good being alone. I had been alone for a year and a half now at this point, almost two years. And I, was, I had really f- felt comfortable uh, and excited about parenting and, and everything that went with it and finding my own voice and finding my way of connecting with people and uh, finding the... Um, finding what was authentic to me and not feeling um, were concerned about it or, or concerned about the way it was viewed by other people. I, I didn't feel, um, I, I, I didn't feel, what is, what is the word? Uh, I, I didn't, know. I didn't worry so much about being judged. I, I didn't feel, I, I, I felt very, confident with myself. I I didn't lack confidence, which I had for so long. So I went into this relationship, uh, in that way. And I, and for me to feel that Sharna was in the same place and we were on the same road, it was like, Oh, okay. For me, 
then let's, we should just travel this road together because we'll be so much stronger together. And I love spending time with you. I love uh, being around you. I love hearing your, I love hearing uh, her take on things and her opinion of things. And uh, it really matters to me. Like it really means a lot to me when she talks about things and she has a different opinion than I do. I really want to hear her opinion, which I, which I don't feel I did before. I, I was, I think I was too defensive just in life to be able to openly hear somebody's opinion and not feel like, oh, well they have that opinion because it's a judgment on me and, and how, uh, how I live and what I think. Mm. And Brian, I saw that change in you because again, I knew you, we lost touch for what, almost 20 years or 18 years. Mm -hmm. There was a good chunk of time and I knew you, you know, you were in your twenties. I was a teen. And so I saw that in you, you knew what life was and you had a way and you had a direction and you saw it a certain way. And then when you reached out to me, and you talked about this podcast, one of the things that got me most excited, you know, we were talking, we were, we were, you were telling me about uh, the kids, right? You're like, I, I have five kids and I've been through these different relationships and you've gone through a lot, but you said what excites me most, Randy, and why I really want to do this is I like listening to people. I've learned to listen and you were so genuine and authentic when saying that. And you said, even if I don't agree with someone's point of view, a lot of times someone will write me on social media or I'll be talking to someone and we will have opposing v- views. And look, in this day and age where everything is polarized and there's right, left, up, down, good, bad, wrong, right, and it's crazy making, I think what people need most is how to be able to listen. We've forgotten that art in many ways, how to listen, even if there's an opposing view and how to talk about something, even if at the end of it, you don't agree. Maybe you have a little bit more understanding. Maybe there's something that has moved for you or changed or added to perspective. And that to me is a big part of what this podcast is about is we all three are probably aligned on a lot of things and there's things that we see differently Mm -hmm. and might come at it from a different angle and we're going to be interacting with people so all you listeners Mm -hmm. we're going to be able to to interact with you live you can call in yeah you can write in we want to hear from you and hear what's going on for you maybe we can shed some light on it maybe Mm -hmm. we can share our experience you know we're imperfect we are Uh, fallible, just like you, but we all have experience, right? For me, uh, what was different is that I was a a serial monogamist my whole life. And I realized when I got to 30, I had been dating all different versions of the same man, which very much represented my dad in some way. Uh, And I did not have a good relationship with my dad. Um, But I had, you know, that little girl that, that lives, you know, that runs your heart, looked for what represented love. And so I went in search of those things and I found I was always dating the same man. And that's when I realized it's not on them. I even, to be honest, would date some, some, there were some words. There were a few guys that I dated that I made out to be this thing, but truly I think I created it because that was what I was used to. So if that turmoil or struggle wasn't there, I created that because that's where I found comfort. And I got to my thirties and I realized, okay, yeah, I'm. it was the last breakup I went through and I realized I'm the common denominator here. 
And so if this is going to change, then it's going to have to start with me. And I started my spiritual journey. I started my therapy journey. I decided I wasn't going to date for 18 months, which turned into five years because 18 months goes very quickly when you're on this journey of self-discovery. And I made a ton of, you know, missteps and mistakes along the way, but I had so much beautiful personal growth and I got to know myself and put myself first and what I wanted, what felt good to me. And some of it was trial and error. Um, but it was that journey that when I finally got to this place and at this point I'm in my mid thirties and I'm thinking, you know, I'm ready for the one, but if they don't come, I'm, I love my life, you know, and I can have a baby by myself. I'll do that by 38. I'm good. I'm actually really good. I love everything about the way that I'm living and what I'm doing and, and the choices that I can make and what's ahead of me. So I'm good. Um, and then very quickly, uh, within that space of feeling fine being on my own and loving my life, I was connected with Bri. And I think it was because I was ready to connect with someone and not need them, but be able to have them in my life and share, but not be codependent or not, you know, be looking to them to fill a hole or a gap or find happiness with that to simply just share who I am with them and see if we can share a life with each other. And it was very, very different to come at dating from a space of, oh, I'm good, but I'm just going to get to know you and see if we feel compatible. But if not, I'm good. Yeah. And to genuinely know and have that feeling, that confidence and that security within myself, um, I think also just created a much more inviting and wonderful energy around me for other people to meet and be around. Um, and so it was the greatest thing I did was diving in inward in my thirties and realizing I'm as much as a lot of it sucked and as much as you can pinpoint individual situations with people in your history, that was, of course, they were not a great person when that happened. You, if you learn to take accountability for the direction and the situations you've been in and say, I want to take charge and make sure that I never allow those things again, or I never allow myself to be in this space again, then you can really change your life. So I think it's funny when you were talking about uh, self-discovery and you were like, oh, you know, I made a bunch of missteps along the way because I've really found in life um, the, things, the things that I've learned, the, I've learned way more from my failures than I have from my successes. I, I've learned from every misstep that I've made, every mistake that I've made, um, every obstacle that I've run up against. Uh, has forced me to look in a new way at something and and come up with a new uh, a new game plan. Um, so I don't. I think it's to me when somebody says, "God, it's a real struggle," and I'm you know I'm making a lot of mistakes. I feel like yes, you. That's awesome. You're doing a great job. Like you're you know you're you're on the road to to growth. That's mm. what it takes. Mm -hmm. I think it's like. Uh, it's like people that that never hurt themselves when they're like riding a bike or doing something like that. And it's like, oh, well, then you're not trying new stuff. You're just like playing it as safe as possible, you know, to not fall. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the story. I, I forget her name, but it's the uh, the owner of Spanx. Mm -hmm. And she told the story where uh, they said, what do, you, what do you attribute your success to and your work ethic and all that? And she said, uh, we would sit down at the dinner table. Uh, I'm paraphrasing it paraphrasing, of course, but we, we would sit down at the dinner table and my dad would ask me, how did you fail today? 
Hmm. Interesting. Wow. And so when I first, words. yeah, right. Cause when I first heard that my reaction, because of the association I have with the word failure and it not feeling good, it was a gut punch. I was like, Oh, that feels terrible to talk about. But she had a different experience with it because her experience was his thought around it is, Hey, if you didn't fail, you didn't try something new. So when you try new things, you are going to fail. It's built in. It is a part of life. So she attributed her success to learning how to fail, actually striving for trying new things, knowing that she was going to fail. Mm. And I heard that and I thought, oh, that's such an interesting way of looking at it. So Brian, when you mentioned that, here's the thing. And here's one of the reasons why we named the podcast Oldish. I don't think that when you are in a place that you fail or you are disappointed, mm -hmm. that moment, it's not easy to go, oh, well, this is growth. Look, I failed. It, it didn't turn out the way that I wanted. Everything's going to be okay. You're in it and it sucks and it feels terrible. It's only in retrospect when you have some time, space, totally. distance, and you look back. <laughs> Absolutely. And you go, yeah. oh, that's why it turned out the way that it did. I can connect the dots now. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. When I was going through the health stuff that I was going through, the, the neurological stuff, I remember at points thinking to myself, like, what is the purpose of this? This is just horrible. But looking back on it now, that was an absolute catalyst 
for me. Like that was the kick in the butt that I needed to uh, really step back and look at my life and go, okay, what do I want to change? Like, who do I want to be coming out of this experience? Um, so it's, it was invaluable for me that way at the time though, miserable. I was absolutely yeah. miserable. Mm. I mean, I, um, that's probably a really good segue into it. Cause I have stuff that I said I was going to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking okay. of like in the back end, you know, in retrospect, um, understanding why things play out the way that they did. I, uh, I, I, it's known now the, the cast has been leaked, but I wasn't asked back to do Dancing with the Stars this year, which was definitely a huge shock to me. Um, last season I was supposed to come back, but uh, Zane was only eight weeks old and I was speaking with them about it and it just felt like I needed to sit in motherhood with Zane. It was my first baby first experience it was a lot but beautiful and I just wanted to not feel like I walked away from that experience and something that I would never get back with Zane you know so I wanted to share that time with him and it was always in the like as long you know I want to come back next year and it's like of course you know we love you we'll always have you um, and I did drop in and let them know you know it goes without saying but I would love to be back next next season or this season um Hopefully I'll get to come hang out with you guys, whatever my message said. And then it got to the week of everyone getting their phone calls. And, you know, I know when everyone's got their phone calls because we're all talking. It, they say don't tell anyone, but everyone tells each other in the cast. I got the call. Did you? Are you good? And I realized when those spots were all filled and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't get the call. I didn't get any phone call at this point, but um, I didn't get confirmed whether on or off. I just knew because of other people. And that was really hard. But what's funny is I had been saying to Bri for the weeks leading up to it, I just have this feeling. I have this feeling they're not going to have me back. And he was like, babe, you're crazy, you know. And anyone that I shared that that um, that thought with that I thought was just an insecurity but maybe was an insight um, was like, no, you're, in, you're insane. They would never not have you back if you want to be back. I'm sure they're so excited to have you. So it was really um, because it was such a shock because I wasn't expecting it. It was tough. And it's not the first time. My last five years with the show have been um, rocky. Rocky. Yeah. yeah. It's and it, not because of the sh like the show. The, I love the show deeply. But, you know, we had a new executive producer come in. I think it's five years ago now. And I had just one with Bobby Bones and he decided to not bring me back. There's a lot of speculation as to why my my win with Bobby was I think the most explosive and um, controversial win of Dancing with the Stars history and so I got caught up in this whirlwind of hate um, for that win which was really yucky um, and so then I went into this space of like self-blame when I wasn't asked back if it was my fault or what did I do but I worked through that and that was good and they had me back the following season and I had a partner uh, that was really difficult and to not say you know too much because I don't want to but I wasn't I wasn't able to be in the room alone with him after the first couple of weeks because of things that happened uh and so that was rocky and we were eliminated very quickly and then it was my experience with Bri which was wonderful but at the same time same producer that was executive producer that's no longer there who I did not love what he did with the show, but the way he was playing our relationship, constantly only talking about that. 
um, hearing from people around that they were genuinely trying to like just have this spotlight on our relationship and not his neurological stuff, not his experience, not our working through this together, but just to almost say our relationship was the issue with the dancing in some way. Right. And I did text someone at that time and was like, hey, this, this isn't what we signed up for. If this is what you want from us, you just have to eliminate us because we can't, we can't do this. Um, and we were quickly eliminated after that. Then the following season was Zane was born and I said no. And now we're here and it's like, gosh, in five years, I feel like I haven't had the opportunity to truly do what I do. You know, I'm still that girl that created for James Hinchcliffe and Josh Norman and Nick Carter and uh, Noah Galloway and all these epic, memorable, unbelievable pieces. I'm still that girl that loves to tell a story and create and dance her ass off, but I haven't had that moment to shine. She worked with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone on La La Land on their dance numbers, right? I did, yeah. Well, that was Mandy Moore that choreographed, who was wonderful and incredible, but she trusted me to be one of the people to come and teach for her, and that was... That was amazing. Mm. So it's no shade on the show or, you know, because essentially shit happens. They say it's not personal, but it's really hard for it to not feel personal because so much of who I am is this dancer and creator and storyteller uh, that gets this opportunity to do that on one of the, in my opinion, greatest shows on television. So for me, it's two things can be true. I can love the show and be so excited for everyone that got the position to be there and really thrilled for the people that they have. But I can also be really sad and heartbroken that I don't get to do that this season. And I don't know if that means I'll ever get to do it again. And to be feeling that uncertainty of, wow, is this part of my journey over now? You know? And Where does it go from here? I'm excited about having the space to create other things again. And I know the universe has done this for a reason, created this space for me to be able to focus on the next thing. But it feels really um, sad to be like, oh, well, not only is it that ego thing, right? If they didn't want me, it's also just that that letdown of I thought I was going to have that moment to express and be me before baby, me before kids, me before Bri. You know, that me that loved to just immerse herself in someone else's story and creating for them and get to share that with millions of people. And I think I'm really sad that I don't get to feel that part of me because I think many mums will say, you know, after baby you, you start to look for those remnants of who you were before. And that was such a big part of that for me. So I'm definitely sad to not have that to go back to. I think to. sometimes being on that road too of um, closing doors and to make space for new ones to open, it's the uncertainty within that that uh, that can just be really, like you said, hard to deal with. You You try and look for the silver linings of things and you try and be as positive as possible with, within them. But you're in these moments and you're like, why, why is this happening? Like why, you know, and it's sometimes it's the universe just sort of kicking, kicking you going, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. Like I've been trying to, you, it's, things have been trying to push you in this direction for years and you aren't doing it yourself. Right. So it's got to be something outside of your control that then does the pushing. So you're 
stuck then having to deal with what's left, which is then it creates again, the catalyst for you to move forward. It's totally a catalyst. And what Bryce said is so right. The universe has been trying to get me to do this for five years. It's been putting me in uncomfortable situations around this space for five years now. Uh, And I keep clawing and like fighting and manifesting and trying to create that I get go to go back to it because I love it so much and I love the people and I love the show and God, especially now that Conrad Green's back, it's, it's an incredible show again, but I have to listen to the universe that she is saying, Hey, that's great. And you're so good at that, but you can also be so good at other things. If you just give your second yourself a second to focus on them. Uh, and I trust that. I trust that dancing with the stars is a part of my career and a part of my life, but not all of it. And that there is so much more to come for me in the world of what I can do. I've had so many ideas for such a long time. I've had so many opportunities waiting for a long time that now I can um, and should focus on making those bigger, you know, and focus on making those things actually happen. And, you know, who knows if it was... I don't know. You you got to think it's like, oh, the universe is always taking care of you, right? So it's always for the greater good of you, the catalysts or the whatever. Um, so who knows what is ahead for me? Who knows if I will go back or will not next year? I have no idea. Disappointment is an, is, is an interesting space and emotion. I'm not sure. Um, it's also rejection, right? Like that feeling of rejection. Yeah, I, think, I mean, what? Because what they they say there are only truly in life a few different emotions that you feel, and then all of the sort of terms in the boxes that you create all sort of lead back to those. And one like disappointment is at the end of the day is sadness, right? I mean, isn't it? It and you're labeling it as disappointment based on a situation that you went through, right? So it's sadness about. So for Sharna, for you, it would be sadness that. Oh, would you I finish the sentence? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sadness that... We're, we're learning this dot, as dot, we dot. go. Yeah, yeah it's, it's sadness that I don't get to have that experience with people that I love in doing what I love this season. Um, and it was because I had genuinely just assumed that I would get to do it um, and was batting away that like that that feeling of but you might not (laughs) I've I've said to her before though I think it's I think part of that sadness of like oh I'm not going to have that feeling that I did before she may not necessarily have had that feeling even if she had gone back to it because she is now a different person than she was in her 20s when she started doing the show and the experience is different Mm -hmm. and she's in a she's in a, a relationship and she has children and so it's a different She's in a different place. So it, so, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is saving you the experience of disappointment in it not being what you always hoped it would feel like. And totally. I mean, look, and I've said this to Bri too. And if it is the case that the last season I did that was with Bri is the last season that I ever get to do, that's also really freaking beautiful. There's something stunning about the fact that I got to do my last season on a show that I love with the love of my life, regardless of our experience of it and the little things we got to share and he got to see a part of me. And I think that's invaluable and beautiful and 
a gorgeous way to go out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe I would have come back this season and it would have been a really difficult partnership and put a lot of stress on or not been. But it's all maybes. Who knows? Who knows what it could have or would have been? All I know is that I am here with what's ahead of me. I'm so grateful that I get to do this with you guys um, and talk about these things and, and share with other people. And I'm really excited to see what else comes in for me, what I can manifest and what I can call in. being in. around Sharna through this experience, one of the things that I, I have noticed that I, I think was one of the most heartbreaking for her was the disappointment of the way that it went down. And I've gone through this, this before. Um, I remember doing, uh, doing a show on TBS, uh, wedding band, and we did a season of it and we really loved doing it. And we were waiting to hear afterwards whether we were picked up or not. And I didn't find out about the show being canceled, uh, from anyone at TBS. I found out from variety. I think it was, uh, now mind you, I, I would speak to uh, the head of TBS and the people up there constantly. So the disappointment for me in not having someone that I thought was truly a friend beyond just the show that I was doing reach out to me and go, hey, so this is, um, listen, things, you know, things have kind of gone in this direction and I don't think the show's going to come back. And so I think for, I think for Sharna, it was kind of, it seemed like it was a lot of the same thing of she had, she had, she's been up there for so long and she had uh, friends that she would have loved to have heard that news from instead of having to hear it from fellow dancers on the show. It's like, that's great. And it's amazing that they would, that she would be able to have that conversation with them. But it would have been nice if she had heard from, uh, from people there in the first place before the news came out or, or she had to hear it from others that, that people reached out to her and they said, you know, Hey, listen, so, uh, I know you were hoping to do it this year, but it didn't work out. And this is kind of our plan and this is, but we love you. And we had, we've had such a great time with you. And, um, so from my view in the situation, which that happens a lot. Um, it yeah, it's seems, kind of just the industry, you know what I mean? It just seems rampant in life. Yep. There's disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Disappointment, there's, you know? There's situational, circumstantial disappointment that it just doesn't turn out the way that you want. Mm. And then there's emotional disappointment of the way that it's handled. And that can even be more activating and triggering because it brings up your stuff. Yeah. Well, why didn't someone call? And then it it opens up the Pandora's box of what ifs, yeah. right? Why? And then you're trying to figure out what was it? And you just stop making shit up. Is it going to affect like, other things? Yeah. Are yeah. people then going to look at this and think like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Or like how, you know, right. How, how bigger, how, how big are the ripples in the pool going to yeah. be? You really just you from start this? to get so concerned about what other people think of this instead of, you know, the, the focus in on your own feelings. Um, but yeah, it does. It brings up my, my mom would always call them the gremlins. It brings the up gremlins. the gremlins, you yeah. know, those things, those, those, that self-talk that, um, not self-talk, well, the negative self-talk, right? The, the worst best friend that lives in your head, you know, that you work so hard to be like, I'm good, you know, and not listen to and work through those things. It just makes them a little bit louder, uh, when you go through something like that for anyone, for yes. any type of disappointment, 
but again, I think I'm I'm trying to uh, take myself back to, you know, something that Bryce said of it being a catalyst. And if there is anything I know about my life is that when disappointment happens, whether it be um, a snapped ACL at the World Championships or not being asked back to Dancing with the Stars and anything in between, something great has come from it. A lesson, a journey, uh, something that has needed to happen to push me forward to the next thing. It has always been the way. So, you know, I, again, I lovingly and and I am so incredibly excited and filled with love for the show and the people that are on it. And I will, of course, be a cheerleader for my people on it. Uh, and I'm going to be optimistic and really excited about that space and time that I now have to to let this be a catalyst and shoot me into a different direction if that is what is supposed to happen, I guess. It's what, what choice do you have? There's a great Rumi quote. Oh, I love Rumi. What's the Rumi yeah. quote? It says... Act as if the universe is rigged in your favor. And it totally. sounds like yeah, that's what you're doing. It's a, t- it's a tough one to yeah. do. It's a tough it is, one it's to do. It's so tough. Like I love that quote and I'm all about it. And I even preach stuff like that to people. But when you're really in your feels, like I have, you know, I meditated three times today <laughs> to try and get my shit together for this podcast because I was really feeling in my feels about this situation and I found out like two weeks ago so I don't know why the last two days I've really been feeling it so much um but sometimes some days it's just harder than other to live that that um that idea of live as though the universe is rigged in your favor sometimes you just it takes a a little bit longer to, to rein in the gremlins you know yeah and I think that's all part of the process right because through the disappointment through the gremlins being alive and activated you get to work with those parts of self that are still there right it's it's there's layers that you go oh that that's there again okay here's an opportunity and you're right it's it you can look at a quote like that you said this earlier, both things could be true. Mm. You could know that doors are opening now that this window may have closed, five other opportunities might come. And at the same time, there's still a grieving period. There's still a moment where you have to take in and allow yourself to feel the feelings around it Mm -hmm. while knowing bird's eye view there's, there's something in process for me and it's happening. And I feel the way that I feel. You can't yeah, just bypass it's so it. so true. That's exactly it, Randy. Yeah, you people said it. people tend to think those. that uh, that feelings are like mutually exclusive. And, Singular, and, they're, and not. And the reality is, they're is not. you can have multiple feelings all happening at one time. You can be super excited for somebody, but then you can also be super self-deprecating or down on yourself or feel like, God, I would have loved to have that opportunity. Mm. And then at the same time, feel like, you know, Oh, I wish I was wearing that shirt that so and so. It's it's all the little it's all the little things. God, it's exhausting, isn't it? It is so exhausting. (laughs) It is. So 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 let's let people know um, that you know we want to hear from them. I mean, we we'd love to hear. Yeah. You've gone through disappointment, or currently going through it, and maybe we can just be your sounding board, you know, or help you with. I think it's I think it's important with disappointment. if you if you are experiencing any or if you know of anybody that that's experiencing any to reach out to yeah. people to not be afraid to reach out and just kind of be there and be uh be a sounding board if they need to talk about it and sort of air the situation a little bit yeah. uh that goes a long way yeah i would love to hear from people 
um, on our oldish pod and Instagram and sending us a DM about anything you are experiencing now or have experienced previously with disappointment. Maybe you have some great advice at us, maybe for us, maybe we have some great advice for you, but I think people really uh, benefit from listening to other people's experience of disappointment and uh, us working through it. And to normalize this, right? Oh, totally. No matter where yes. you're from, no matter who you are, we all experience this. This is the human condition. It's human behavior. And so understanding, like you said, Sharna, sometimes there you're you can be a little bit more introverted or, you know, quiet at times socially. Mm -hmm. This is all okay. This is where we get to talk about stuff. It comes up and we go, oh yes, so and so feels like this. That gives me permission to feel a little bit more comfortable with myself, that mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. I'm and okay. we live life sometimes so isolated in our heads that we judge ourselves and think that we're crazy for feeling these ways when so many people do. People are with us, mm -hmm. yeah. We are not alone. Our feelings are not singular. There are many other people that feel like us. I love yes. this. Okay, well, I, I'm pretty sure we've spoken for about three and a half hours. This is amazing. Okay, so we haven't. <laughs> we've, well, uh, I don't know. Well, we have many, many, many more episodes <laughs> many, to get many, into many, all many, sorts many. of stuff. Yeah, so let's, I say uh, we wrap this up. We thank everybody for listening to this first episode. Yeah, our, thank our ramblings you so much. And uh, I'm so excited to be doing this with both of you, Me Randy. Too. Me I, too. I can't wait for you to uh, be sitting with us. So the three of us are sitting in the same room doing this. Yes. That, that's something that I, I absolutely look forward to. Me too. Um, Me baby, too. I love you. And I love the fact that we get to sit next to each other and, and do this. Uh, this is the start of something really fun and amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited to see where it goes. I second all of that. Yeah. Yes. So oldish, right. uh, you oldish. can you can listen to it uh, anywhere uh, you, you can find podcasts. podcasts. Uh, iHeart has been um, incredibly generous and in given us this platform to do this. So we thank them. Go to oldish pod at Instagram and and DM us with any uh, questions or any any way you would like to be a part of this or or well, maybe um, there's subjects you want us to talk about yeah, too that we have absolutely thought of. yeah because and, and there I I'm sure there are going to be a ton that I will not personally think of. Randy, I, I know that you will, so I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll have endless topics in, in what it is we're, totally. we're, we're doing. We yeah. have so many juicy things coming. <laughs> we do. I'm, so I am many. really, really excited. All right, next time, everyone. Yeah, we'll on that note, thank you. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, you guys are amazing. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Instagram at, at @oldishpod, And you can also go and leave us a message at our own hotline, which is 855-OLDISH-3. Make sure and write us a review. Leave us five stars if you loved it. Leave us five stars if you didn't. We it love helps. five stars. <laughs> we love five stars. Yeah, we like five stars. stars. Yeah. See you All next right. week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week, everyone. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.